takes a minute for that Gary Clark note to hit the heavier one. Hi, it's Eric. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for finding us. I, I almost want to give you a few minutes about this Northview situation. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, um, it's 5.50 right now. And at 3.50, I didn't know anything about this either. Um, a friend of mine sent me picture of uh, the Northview principal at the Trump rally the other day and he took a picture, he took a selfie and he didn't have a mask on. As as you might have noticed, there were not a lot of people at the Trump rally wearing masks. So, uh, and it it looks like he's been asked to quarantine now or at the very least, it looks like Northview has sent out something saying um, if there's any kind of evidence that uh, you have been somewhere where there's a lot of people where where COVID could be in play, we're going to ask you to quarantine. So, and now there is a a raging post on my Facebook page of all kinds of things. And I I have no problem with the Trump uh, thing and him being there. But as, as I mentioned, not a lot of people were wearing masks there. It was probably less than 50, 50 people wearing masks. Um, and people have said on this Facebook post, well, what if he was somewhere else? Well, if, if he, or like the, uh, the memo that came from Northview says, if there's some photographic evidence, if you were on Adams street, um, if you were in another large gathering, if you were out at Putin Bay and there was a bunch of people around, there were no masks, and here's proof of you being there, sorry, quarantine. Forget about the, the political aspect of it. If you, someone as a principal who is held to a higher standard, this is why we're always on Todd, and we're always on Todd in Bedford because as a part of the educational system, you are held to a higher standard. Um, yeah, you're going to have to quarantine and and. It's the selfish things like this that has cost us Black Widow. Black Widow is not going VOD. It's not going to be on video on demand November 4th, the the latest release date. It's not being bumped back to December. Black Widow is now coming out in May of next year. And because some people have decided to be super selfish, things like this get delayed. And this thing lingers here in this country um, as it does not in other places. So thanks for the, the uh, that now you're up to speed on the Northview principal, principal Sylvania situation. Some other people have said, well, what if, what if he was in, you know, the mall or Walmart or in a restaurant, those places require you to wear, like require you to wear masks. And, um, in my opinion, and I'm going to tell you who's on the podcast in just a second. We've, I think we've got a long one. I, I have to put it all together. Um, I saw Governor DeWine said that people said, well, how come uh, people at, at political rallies, there's no mask enforcement? And he brought up how that could infringe on the First Amendment. And maybe he didn't say specifically those words, but he did evoke the First Amendment. Well, hold on a second. It's a mask not a muzzle. Um, I can still exercise plenty of my free speech if I were wearing a mask. Sure, it's muddied a little bit um, so that I'm not spitting droplets at you, but me wearing a mask does not infringe on my First Amendment rights. And if you want to go to uh, any kind of Trump rally and not wear a mask, fine. What we saw the other night was not unexpected at all. Um, When there have been protests for things that I do support, Masks have been hit or miss. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But when I've gone to uh, some other protests, a lot of, um, well, less fiery protests, uh, more rallies, like the one that I went to for Ottawa Hills, there was not a soul at 
whatever corner that was, where they held that Black Lives Matter rally. There's not a soul in that park. And you're talking hundreds of people. There's not a soul without a mask. So I get it. Uh, Different ideologies, different things that we believe in. So on the podcast today, first up, I've been trying to track him down for years. He is a great journalist for The Blade. He is a big sports fan. And we didn't talk about this, but I'll put this out there and you can ask him about it. And he can, you can, you can talk to him about it if he wants to answer your questions, fine. But um, uh, Jay Skiba, writer from The Blade, who's going to be on here in just a second, is also someone in the community that supports mental health advocacy. So without further ado, uh, my friend, a great journalist for The Blade, remember, and I'm going to say this multiple times during our chat. Um, don't complain about paying for quality content that the blade deserves. You never had to pay for a new, you never got a newspaper for free. You always had to pay for it. And I know it's been on the internet free for years, but look, the models have changed in what he and we and I do. Things are different now. So, uh, and if you want to do a workaround, the blade news slide app. After Jay, we'll talk to Cassie from LC4 as we're right on the weekend of another snout and about weekend where you get to head over to LC4, grab a dog, and take them out on the town for the day. And then after Cassie, we'll talk to my new friend, who I've never met before, Morgan from the Toledo uh, the Toledo Humane Society. I read in the Blade on their news slide app that this is their biggest fundraiser of the year called Paw Villain, and it's going virtual as opposed to a sit-down dinner for the obvious reasons. So uh, Morgan can hop on and talk about what they've got going on and how you can support the Humane Society and how they kind of borrowed snout and about and put their own spin on him. Thanks for being here on the podcast. I appreciate it. And if you could ever do anything for me, I I don't ask you for money. There's no Patreon here, but I would appreciate if you spread the word. Obviously the morning show is not on anymore. Um, you still have local morning shows to listen to in uh, Denny and his crew on RQN. You've got Pike at XKR. You've got Lynn and Cliff at K100. But as far as like pop radio, uh, local stuff that we're doing, I would really appreciate if you would share that, hey, Eric and the crew are still doing this and now it's always on demand in the podcast form. All right, we're up and uh, we're up and rolling here. Sorry for the uh, for the pause. I was just, uh, do you know, and I can leave this in or not. Um, you know me, I like to leave all the good stuff in. Do you know about like the drama that happens in in Sylvania? The drama that happens in Sylvania um, depends what you're talking about, I guess. So in Toledo, we've got one kind of drama, and then there's other like there's affluent people, there's rich people drama in oh, Sylvania. Right. Like when the parents were losing their mind after three days of being back to school, and like I can't handle this, blah blah blah, like that kind of nonsense. Uh, yeah. So. When I think of that, I think of Perrysburg, but probably okay. in Sylvania too. Um, I had to guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's it's similar in a lot of ways. I, I guess I have uh, better contacts or ears on the ground in Sylvania, so this stuff makes it my way. So somebody just sent me a picture, and it's on Twitter, and I retweeted it. So uh, Northview's principal was at the Trump rally the other day. You and I, look, you want to support who you want? totally fine but apparently he was he was quite unmasked and socializing a lot and then just like went back to school and people think he should be quarantining which is probably the right thing to do so i did see that you did. I think someone's working on a story on i think good who's the uh who's the the person that chases that down for you guys um i don't in this case i don't know who saw it i saw it and i sent it on and uh, i was told that someone was working on it um, but I, I saw something on 
Facebook earlier, earlier today on that. And just, uh, I thought if, if people find out about this, that's probably going to get clicked on a lot. Yup. 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 Yeah. I was, uh, I, I, I have a good friend that I, I talked to and actually when I would get in here in the mornings and by the way, uh, I'm going to like, I'll do an intro for all this stuff and everybody know who you are. Um, so don't worry about that. But uh, when I'd get in here in the mornings at like sometimes as early as three thirty, uh, I had a friend that never slept, and we would chat about all the uh, all kinds of things, Baby Yoda, TV shows. She's my contact in Sylvania, and uh, she she gives me a lot of context for things. Like she was not surprised when after three days of school, parents were just beside themselves. They they couldn't manage, and how are they going to live their lives and get to their yoga appointments and all that that BS. <laughs> But yeah, I'm what a year. What's that? Oh, oh yeah, by by all means. Um, what a year. I'm curious. To, so I'm gonna follow along. You don't know which of your esteemed colleagues is searching out this Northview thing. I believe it is Bree Whiteside. Okay, I know her. Not like I know you and my candy corn buddy Sarah and Liz, your mom. <laughs> we'll, yes, we'll, my mom said we'll, my mom was. We'll get to that if we shortly, but yeah, I don't know uh, Bree too well, but yeah, I will look forward to to more digging into this story. Any anybody that like disrupts the apple cart of rich people in Sylvania, I am here to kind of watch it. Are you there? I am here. Yes. Okay. Uh, you uh, you you went silent, and then I just kicked you out of the room, so you'd have to to reestablish the connection. Welcome back. My apologies. Now we're good. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, let, let's dive into some things. So, uh, how the hell did you wind up in Toledo? Because you're not originally from here, right? Uh, originally, no. I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, and moved around a whole lot when I was a kid, and then ended up in this area actually when I was like eight or nine. So, when people say, Where are you from? I never really know what to tell them. I'm kind of from here, kind of not from here, but this is pretty much what I know now, though. Oh, I, I know exactly. See, this is why I wanted to have you on. Thanks for, uh, like, we've, we've known each other in different ways for, what, three, four years now or something? I would say so, yeah. Thanks for finally putting your busy schedule aside to join the podcast. <laughs> how, many, how many times did I have to get kicked off of a show slot for you to come on? You're like, Eric, Eric got moved again. Let me give, me a, get, let me give him a pity podcast. I know we've been talking about this for like three years, so yeah. I'm, I'm um, glad we can finally do it. I I know it. It's people will say, "Well, where are you from?" And I'm like Philadelphia, and they're like, "Well, how'd you get to Toledo? Well, how long you've been in Toledo?" And then I have to like kind of put all the pieces together for them. So I know it can be a complicated answer when you get asked, "Where are you from?" It is. Yes, I'm. I'm from everywhere. Yeah, uh, that's what I say. Like everywhere up and down 75 and, and the Ohio and PA Turnpike. So you went to UT for for journalism. I did. I started off my first two years there. I did broadcast journalism. Um, just kind of liked it. Didn't love it. Um, always kind of wanted to try the writing thing. So I made the decision after, uh, I guess, my sophomore year. And I uh, went that route instead. And here I am. What, better or for worse. What made you go from wanting to do, like, I guess, what, what? why did you get into broadcast stuff? And then why did you leave it? I think I kind of, so if I go back to, eighth grade we had to write research papers on uh what we wanted to be when we grow up <laughs> and the only thing that i ever wanted to do was be a sports writer okay um and for some people who might have who have been in this area for a while dave hackenberg was um sports columnist for the blade for like god like 30 or 40 years something like that he just retired a couple few years ago uh his wife was actually my third grade teacher um, and when I started off going to Springfield schools when I first moved here, uh, 
And uh, she always told me because I was I've been a huge sports fan my entire life, and she always told me someday you're probably going to work with with my husband. Um, and then sure enough, like years later, um, we shared a few press boxes together. So it's just kind of weird how things work out that way. But anyhow, um, yeah, that's what I always wanted to do was be a sports writer, and so that's what I did. Um, finished out college doing that. I was the sports editor for the student newspaper at UT and uh, followed around the football team and basketball teams for a couple of years and had a ton of fun doing that. And then um, when I started doing this, uh, I guess, quote unquote, professionally, um, the opportunity for sports just never really presented itself, I guess. And so I took kind of a, a weird route to where I am now, but then I eventually started covering news and did that for three or four years and I've been covering business for the last year. Uh, that jingling in the background is another reason that we like Jay a lot. You're on, <laughs> you're, you're on team dog. That's Dane, right? That is Dane. Yes. He's Name, probably hungry. Named for Ron Dane, former Wisconsin running back, right? Absolutely. Not Dane Sandsbacher. Nothing right. against Dane Sandsbacher. <laughs> I've had like 10 people say that to me. I'm like, no, no. Uh, well, I knew that you were I, from, from your tweets, like uh, you're a big Packers fan and, and I, I think I knew that you were from Wisconsin. I'm like, okay, Ron Dane. And, you know, I guess when I was at the, the peak of enjoying college football, Ron Dane was a badass. He won the Heisman, right? Oh, he sure did, man. He just ran people over. <laughs> yeah, he did. And he even kind of did it with the Giants for a long time. I remember as an Eagles fan, there were a lot of times he, he, he curb stomped a lot of Eagle and NFC defenders. He was a good baller. Yeah, he had, uh, he had a few good years in there. I think he went to uh, Denver. I think he had maybe one or two good years there, and then Houston for a little while. So he, uh, he carved out a decent career for himself, probably made some money. Yeah, maybe my years are off, but I feel like it was they were one of the original Thunder and Lightning backfields. It was him and Tiki Barber, right? I think that, yeah, because he would have been a rookie. He won the Heisman in 2000. Okay. So that's the year that we're talking. I remember Tiki. And then a couple of years later, they... Lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. Maybe I should be the sports writer. <laughs> um, so how how badly, because you are a big sports fan, if uh, if you don't like the Packers, avoid Jay on Sundays because it's going to be all packed all the time. And they look really, really good this year. It's, uh, are you down with this whole, it's an Aaron Rodgers revenge tour, right? Well, yeah, I mean, they drafted his replacement. So right. um, he's not, I don't think he's real happy about that. I guess if he is a prickly individual, he is certainly an acquired taste for a personality, and I, I can get that with people. But if you're going to have somebody like that, even if you employ them, yeah, piss that person off so they play their butts off. I mean, whatever works. Win me sports. That's what I always tell people. What is I don't it? Care. Win me sports. What is win me sports? Just win at all costs. Oh. Don't care at all. Just get it done. Um. So. So you've done you've done uh, business stuff for the Blade for the last year, and uh, prior to that, you were doing which? I was I was a little bit of everything. I was okay. covering um, some of our suburban areas, like Maumee and Rossford, and helping out with like politics at times, just kind of whatever needed to be done. That's what I did for the last three or four years before this. How did that? How did that transition come about? Like, I want to ask you a lot about your your work stuff uh, it, because people are people have questions about what we do in the media and uh we pull back the carton curtain a little bit i know very little about your day-to-day stuff so when when a change like that happens do you ask somebody at work for it do they come to you how does that happen well i guess this uh this latest transition or whatever we actually had um two business writers for the, lo- the longest time 
Uh, the other one is John Chavez. He's been here for a he's, very long time. I really appreciate He does great stuff. He does, yes. He's, he does great work. Um, and then the other person um, tends to cover more of the automotive side. That's part of what I'm doing now. Um, but we had Tyrell Lincoln for quite a while. He was and, great, too. Uh, yes, he, works, he works over excellent. At, works over at UT now? Yes, he's been with the hospital for a few years. Yeah, it does uh, like their marketing or PR stuff, right? Yeah. And then, so he left, and then his replacement came in, and then that guy left after like <laughs> a year. Um, and then we went for reasons um, I don't understand, but we went about a year um, only having one person doing business. And so I was just kind of at a point where I was kind of not like burned out, but just kind of felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. It just wasn't really getting, I wasn't going to get any better at what I was doing and just kind of was ready for a change. So yeah, I went to one of my bosses and just said, uh, let's try to figure something out. And so moved me over uh, to business and then like a month later, a pandemic hit. So that was fun. Wow. I thought, boy, for me, this year in a lot of ways has flown. Like I, I know everybody, everybody for months was like, this has been the slowest year ever. March has gone on for six months, but things have kind of uh, flown for me. It feels like, wow. Well, congratulations. Do you, do you like this move a lot better? Is it better to, I guess, have uh, different things to tap into each and every day? Yeah, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, just trying to do all of this remotely. And I think, I think the idea was, you know, I would, literally sit next to John Chavez every day and just kind of be a sponge and pick up from him. Um, and that lasted for about three weeks and <laughs> we've all been at home for the last six months. So it's, it's definitely been a challenge. I, I'm more comfortable with it now than I was, um, when I started, but it's been, uh, it's been enjoyable though. It's this pandemic. The first thing people think about with the pandemic is obviously, you know, the, the death and the, I mean, it's the horrible things that are happening. Uh, but I think the second thing that's been the most impacted is, you know, the biz- business side, yeah. and the economy. And so it's been kind of a baptism by fire here. I guess it makes it easy for stories to just kind of fall in your lap, though, right? Yeah, for especially back in like the spring, early summer, it was just sort of like pick any industry and just find out how they're doing. That was like yeah. all we did for a few months. So before the pandemic, as you got going with the blade what what's what's typical what was a typical day for for you like let's see well i guess we all uh i think we all got into the office around like 8 30 or 9 and um maybe have some meetings in the morning or you fire up your email and figure out what's going on and catch up on anything maybe you missed overnight and then uh, start making your phone calls getting your stories placed on the budget um, a budget, by the way, is like a literal list of stories for people who don't know. Um, I think people on on the outside or whatever probably think it's far more like glamorous or far more complicated than it really is. Um, there's nothing. It, it, there's nothing too crazy about it. I guess I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing a very good job of explaining it, but. Um, so you make your phone calls. You're checking yeah. for stories. You're talking to sources, and then what? You go. You go talk to these people. Pretty much, yeah. Um, one of the interesting things about doing business is, before this, I'm mostly talking to you know public officials, elected officials, people that more or less have to talk to you, right? You know, and then you go to the business side in the private sector. If they don't want to talk to you, nine times out of ten, they don't have to, right? So that's definitely a challenge. Well, and I, I but I guess in some ways, 
And I could see how you talk about the people, uh, the the first batch of people are probably in many cases not that interesting. And you get a lot of cliches and platitudes just so they can get their words out there. And, you know, they don't want to give you behind the scenes. You talk about some people in the private sector who don't want to talk to you, but there are probably many others who are very forthcoming and are not begging, but thankful that you're telling their story, uh, especially over the last six or seven months. So people might want to come help them out or know that they're struggling. Yeah, I think it's, I guess it's kind of like anything else. It's kind of a mixed bag. I think there's some people that um, just anytime someone from the blade calls them, they're just like <laughs> instantly skeptical, like, right. what did we do? Or what, what's this person really trying to get after? But um, I think for the most part, though, even even doing business for the most part, people that I talk to are um, sometimes they're excited to talk to me or if, you know, worst case, maybe they're not thrilled, but they will anyway. And they kind of understand what my job is in the process and they and they play along. Um, you're a, a you're, you're a vice president of your union at work. Uh, you're a big union guy. So what is your job? Like what, what is, what's the credo? What do you wake up for every single day? <laughs> On that side of things, uh, the way that someone wants to describe it to me, and I love this analogy. Uh, so Nolan Rosencrantz is our president. I think yep. you know who he is. Yep. Um, and I'm the vice president and someone wants to describe it to me as, uh, Nolan's job is to be the sledgehammer and my job is to be the scalpel. I think that's so appropriate. I just kind of let him do some of the heavy lifting, especially, um, like during contract negotiations, I just kind of fill in where I need to and that kind of thing. But um, a lot of what I've been doing lately is when you have a union and there's you know an, an issue, you file what's called a grievance, and then you got to sit down uh, with the company representatives and talk about some some sort of contract violation and talk about this is what we believe happened, this is why we think it shouldn't have happened. Um, here's how we are proposing to deal with it. Um, I just had a couple last week. Um, there was uh, an example of um, a manager doing what's called guild work. There are certain things that, because of our contract, um, the managers cannot do. It has right. to be done by our folks. Yeah. Um, and there was a manager who was doing some of that, and so we file a grievance and say, hey, you can't do this, and uh, sit down and try to figure it out. So it's, uh, it's very thinkless. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and it's often uh, very combative. Um, yes. No one can be a fiery guy. I posted something last week because we were talking about something on the show on the podcast about an actor who thought that he was underpaid for the work he did. And I was like, sorry, dude, you could have just said no. And Nolan came to my page. It's like something about employee-employer relationships. Like he got some kind of red flag and he had to swoop in. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I know (laughs) Nolan can be very feisty. Um, And he was very informative and, and not combative at all. And he added to the conversation, and I appreciate it because you're right. It's it's thankless work to make sure that people are, are tr- employees are treated fairly because there are so few u- unions left to do that for so many people these days anymore. A lot of us just yeah. have to kind of take it. Um, so if if you follow Jay, you'll see that you and other people uh, that you guys, other people at the Blade, are constantly slamming the Blade's owners, which is the Block family. Uh, they also own uh, Buckeye, right? They own Buckeye. They own the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, the newspaper out there, some other uh, local TV stations in the country too. So, 
I think oftentimes people don't get it. Like what we do at the radio station, we've got to be very specific. You can't, I mean, people, we're oftentimes, um, even during like a morning talk show or something, people hear like every third word because they're going about their life. So I don't want to call people stupid or simpletons, but people are busy. The brain can only take so much information. And that's with us where, where people make a point to turn us on and listen how do you get your message across like that the union is important and you guys are constantly on their backs um, or you're constantly all after the blocks for, for proper treatment and wages and all that stuff and you guys can get very mean and snarky, deservedly so. So how do you how do you explain to the average person, like to a viewer or to a reader that you hate or greatly dislike who you work for but you need to have your work respected? Because sometimes people might miss that point or that narrative. Yeah, I think people say they don't like the blade. And then, you know, sometimes somebody from the blade might say, well, they don't like the blade either. Um, it's, I know it is hard to separate, you know, the blade and kind of the corporate structure and block communications and separate that from the people who are actually doing the work. And I know a lot of people have either told me or I've seen other people say on social media, you know, um, they're upset. They're they're upset for the same reasons that we're upset, and so they say, oh, "I'm going to cancel my subscription," which hurts say, you. <laughs> yes, like don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not having the effect that you think it does. Um, so yeah, our, I, some, one of the main reasons um, for having the guild or why you should support the guild, um, I don't think it's far fetched to say that without the Toledo News Guild in place. Um, I probably wouldn't have a job anymore. Um, a lot of my colleagues probably wouldn't have a job anymore uh, because as part of some, some of those protections, you know, they can't just get rid of you or fire you or lay you off just because they feel like it. Um, if that wasn't in place, they can do pretty much whatever they want. Um, and we know that this is a, a company that likes to cut their way to success instead of doing it the right way, which is investing in your products and investing in your newsroom. That's never going to happen. And I, I feel, I mean, media is media. And I, I, you, I think you, you have, you do a thankless job and it's also a battle that you can't win because God, the union can protect you, but these companies aren't stupid, unfortunately, and they can skirt rules pretty easily. Can't they? Uh, they can try to, um, <laughs> and then if they do, um, that's, kind of what we're here for um there are certain situations where uh if it arises to a certain level you can file what's called an unfair labor practice or ulp and that gets sent off to the national labor relations board uh, which is a whole other conversation probably but right uh, but kind of going back to what i said that's kind of the whole point of why we're here it's to give people those protections and one thing that's nice about uh, the, the news guild which covers newspapers literally in every part of the country um, and we're a part of cwa that's our parent union they're millions of members strong um but the news guild is a union that's actually growing right now we are still adding members um because things are rough in the newspaper industry um this is a time when a lot of people are wanting to unionize and that's uh that's obviously a good thing people are seeing the benefits of that and Nolan is really involved in that. He's he he gets involved in campaigns all over the country. Um, I, I think he's working on some right now. I can't say where, but 
he plays uh he does more than just help us he, he helps everybody in this country try to unionize if they want to do it yeah, he's the right guy and has the right attitude to do that job he's not afraid of a fight um and he's he's dogged about it and that's that's commendable um so back to my question if what do you do to somebody who says, "Well, you know what? If the blade's going to treat you like that, I'm getting rid of it." Because again, that that affects you. So, how do you how do you message that correctly? It's it's a, it's it's a hard compartmentalization for for us. And I'm I'm in the business. What about the average reader or viewer? Well, I think the the main thing is to remember that local local journalism, especially right now, is probably I mean, more important than it's ever been before. Um, and it's not just about writing and reporting on bad stuff. There's a lot of good things that would not get reported either if we yeah. weren't here. Um, I think this is going to sound like I'm knocking TV people. And I don't <laughs> want to do that. but uh, You want me to say it, it for you? You guys are the best source of local journalism in the area. Uh, I would agree. And, but and, we also have we have more staff than they do, so we should be, you know? And they're a different model as well. Uh, they're they're all the TV stations are veg, very digitally oriented, so they've got to get a lot of clicks, and they they often have to time, oftentimes have to go after stories like that where you guys can hold people's feet to the fire in a way that they can. Yeah, I mean, I think we have we have more resources for one, um, and I, I I really I really mean this. The people that I know who work in TV in this market are so good they are just they're the nicest people they're incredible what they do one thing that i really like about working in this market is that even between us and tv reporters like we're we're competitors but you wouldn't know it when you're out in the field covering like the same story everyone just gets along everyone's just cool you're uh how how old are you like 30 you're 30 right 29 30 29 easy (laughs) so i'm a little bit older than you and when i got going in what i did uh yeah there were people who would uh there were radio stations who would order a pizza pee on it and then deliver it to a competing radio station uh it was it was ruthless and because our industry has shrunk you know people stopped acting like that so to your point like we all get along we all help each other uh even where i don't work anymore i still have good friends over there because we watch each other's backs because any legacy media has shrunk over the last two decades so we can't pee on pizzas anymore we got to take care of one another did you ever pee on one of those pizzas no and i never ate one of those pizzas either (laughs) i i i literally got in at the very end of of that Howard Stern era of of competitive radio where you would literally just torture your competitors. And then in a lot of cases, you know, the, the big media conglomerates bought them and then it's like, hey, those jackasses are in the next studio. But um, we're, we're all together in this now to, to emphasize your point um, because it's a shrinking business and we all got to help each other out here. Um, our, our competitors, our, co- our competition is is across the internet now, the, the infinite dial that's there. And when um, ever I get the chance on my platforms to say, don't diss the blade, forget about paying for the blade and complaining. It is content and it is the best local journalism that you're going to get. And I always try to emphasize people, if the blade goes away, we have a big problem because it's not like um, uh, our TV stations are going to add more staff to make up for that. So you guys are an invaluable resource. And you talk about thankless work with the union. It's often thankless work doing the stories that you're digging up, holding people accountable and getting the good out there. 
Oh, it absolutely is. Um, and that's just one thing to keep in mind is, you know, if whether it's the blade or any of the TV stations, whatever you want to talk about, you know, if we're not here, then there's no one there to either a hold people accountable or tell all the good stories. People complain that they only read about bad things. Well, um, not only are you not going to read about the bad things, you won't read about the good things either. Yeah. Yeah, like I, um, you mentioned John Chavez's name, and there's something whenever whenever I see John's uh, name on an article, I know it's something that I'm going to want to talk about on the air because it's it's usually business oriented and it's something opening, closing, coming, or something that I can share with my audience, who's a, a great deal of consumers, as opposed to nobody, no no one listening to me wants to hear about Sarah's stories about boring city council things. <laughs> Uh, John is yeah, John is uh, like an encyclopedia of knowledge. He's been here. I think he's been here for like forty years. He's been here forever. Um, so yeah, he's he's a good one to lean on. And I feel bad that Sarah has to cover some of the uh, quote unquote boring stuff because Sarah is not a boring person at all. No, Sarah's so much fun. Her, <laughs> her and uh, Lauren Lauren Lindstrom, who uh, moved on uh, like a year or so ago. Her and Laura came and did a Lauren did a podcast with me before and we had the most fun like they were so much fun like I, I knew Lauren a little bit because she'd written some stuff about me before I had never met Sarah and I was like oh the stodgy city council person she's probably going to be a bag of nails <laughs> and Sarah's a blast now and we torture Lauren about our love for candy corn but you you guys do have a great staff and it's it's an it's a newspaper which is legacy media but it's not a bunch of old white haired people because uh, what's his face because Wagner left right uh, John Wagner, yeah, he left a couple of years ago. But you guys have like a, a young, fun staff. And um, what is your favorite part about what you do every day? Uh, I think just knowing that you're doing something that I think is important, at least, um, especially if you have maybe like a really big story that you spent weeks putting together and talking to multiple sources and just kind of being able to hit you know the enter button when you're done and kind of that anticipation that exists between that point and when it actually publishes is kind of cool um there's a lot of um rewarding aspects i guess to this not necessarily in money but <laughs> but in some other things that you maybe don't get doing some other jobs what are those <laughs> Um, well, I, I guess it depends on uh, the person, but I do get recognized in public a lot. And that's kind of weird for some people. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, I tell you one thing that I don't miss is having to do the blade briefing. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are like oh the TV things. Yes. Oh God, we, we you, all, <laughs> you all, you you all, you all are so like, bad. <laughs> they, they're I'm look. This is the podcast, and these are the diehard people that enjoy. So I can say this: they're one step above watching terrorist videos you all looked you all look so frightened it's like i could see somebody and the first person i saw doing this was my buddy taylor dungeon and i'm like dear god why is some why does it look like someone's holding taylor at gunpoint and and then liz started i'd see liz doing them every now and then and you all look terrified like someone's gonna steal your dog i mean i think especially when we first started off they were live that was terrifying (laughs) (laughs) And then at some point, uh, we started taping them at like four o'clock. And I think that kind of loosened me up a little bit, but I'm still like, I, I consider myself people who know me, like I'm very, 
like kind of outwardly and just like outgoing and goofy. And then those lights and those cameras come on in our studio. And I just totally freeze up, man. It just, to this day, it freaks me out. I don't know what it is. And the lighting sucked too. Like, it oh my like, God. That's why I say they were like terrorist videos. Like, I'm, what, what is Taylor in the basement of the blade building? Like what's happening here? So unfortunately, because they keep, you know, like outsourcing jobs and, stuff like that and you see the like the big beautiful you know exterior of the blade building downtown but unfortunately it's like half empty um we have this like makeshift tv studio set up on the on the second floor it's sort of like next to the newsroom but separate from it okay um and there's just like nothing back there it's just like emptiness so yeah they they have like these it's completely dark but then you have this juxtaposition of the darkness with these super bright like studio lights and it just makes this weird like illuminated scene it's it's just weird um we've jumped around so hopefully people have been able to get a little glimpse of 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 what you do uh let me hit a a couple of personal things here doesn't dating here suck (laughs) um during a pandemic especially yeah it's what, not. It's not ideal. What about during non-pandemic times? What are your gripes about it? Um, I think sometimes I feel like I was born like maybe in the wrong generation because I feel like I can I can say our generation. Right, we're close enough in age. I think our generation has like ruined dating forever because now it's like you have to do it on a phone and you have to do it um, um, on yeah. an app and it's like that's not my style really. I mean I. The most the most successful relationships that I, that I've had have been um, like I don't know how you'd say like the natural way or whatever when you actually like physically just meet somebody and go from there. Um, I think when you do it with an app or whatever, you get like such a like presented version of somebody where they have you know minutes to think about everything they're going to say, um, and they only you're only going to see you know what they want you to see and things like that. It's just it's not a good way to do it, but I look at the pros and cons. My, I would say my biggest gripe, and I'll add to your point though of, like if you do approach someone, most people are like, this person is probably going to throw me into a van right now because because <laughs> yes. you news people are just telling me all these bad stories about the bad people. Shut up. <laughs> um, you're right. It's very hard to approach someone these days, but if you find them on an app, whatever. Um, my problem is that there are we'll use it from our perspective there are so few single available women and all the people like us are fighting over those that small amount of people it sucks uh yeah uh maybe maybe the pool isn't as deep as we would like it to be around here nope. i don't know no 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 and here's me i am I, i'm not never the the optimist by any means but uh, the the counter to that is is, is you know um People here are really nice. Uh, people here are pretty kind. Like this is the the nicest community that I've ever lived in. And maybe it's because of what I do or how candid I am about the shit in my head. But people here are genuinely decent human beings. You're always gonna have your outlier idiots um, at the airport the other day. But for the most part, like there are good people here. At least from where I came from, where the way you said hi to somebody in Philadelphia was "fuck you, motherfucker." So people here are nice. I think so. Yeah, it's the Midwest is kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another personal thing: did you uh, did you get your house before things skyrocketed? Um, 
I, I, I guess it wasn't worth it skyrocketed, so I guess I did. I bought my house in June. Okay, so I think that's right before things went crazy. Like the market just shot up because everybody, I, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. I think it was, like you found out, very like historically low interest rates. And yes. then I think a lot of people started to go, oh, I'm working from home now. I want a nicer home or I, I need more room or I'm working from home now. Uh, I'm not driving to work or wherever, so I'm going to move a little farther away from where I had to drive to before. And the market just went wild and places all over the place. Like when you put your offer in, were you the only offer? Uh, they told me that I was not the only offer, but I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but I will say, because I've written a little bit about this, uh, what's happening or what happened is that you had, like you said, all these people just all of a sudden wanted to buy a house. Yeah. Um, but not as many people were selling a house as there were looking for a house. And so that, that creates these situations where uh, homes were going in like a matter of days. I yeah. made I made my offer on my house the day after I went to the market. Um, and that's just for a while there, that's pretty much what you had to do. Otherwise you were going to, you were going to miss out. Um, yeah. Congratulations. And you probably did Thank get you. in right before things went nuclear. I, I, the first sign to me that like something was a little wonky, um, there was a, 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 was it sale? No, a, a sold sign went up on a for sale sign or whatever the hell the, the realtors put up. It, and the sold sign was before the for sale sign went up. I'm like, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. So, and I don't know what the legalities are, if you have to post it or whatever, but it was just that these things are going fast. And like you said, like trying to date a, a available, interesting people, there wasn't there wasn't a lot out there and there were a lot of people looking. And I, I know that you can't go by the, the Zillow things, but I bought my ha- my condo for one thing. And then during all this, it was up like estimated like 50 grand more than I bought it for. I'm like, holy shit. So... Yes, and just uh, a tip out there for anybody who might be interested in looking for a house. If you uh, get with a realtor, they will give you access. I can't remember the name. There's like this sort of like an internal secret website that if you get with a realtor, they'll hook you up with it. And so every listing in Lucas County will go on there like a week before it hits Zillow. So if you're waiting around for Zillow, you might be out of luck. It's a, it's a good tip at this point in time. I have a couple of friends who are looking, and I'm like, you. I, this is a weird market, but you might as well wait until the winter time when less people are looking. But even then, who knows what the market will be like, or if the Earth will even still be here. It might just blow up. I don't know. Um, tell us about the groundhog that you hate. Oh my god. <laughs> there is yeah. So there is a, a very annoying groundhog in my yard. Um, the first time I saw it, I was like, whatever, it's cool. Um, I, I saw, I live in South Toledo, but my backyard is like very woodsy. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's weird. But so I have like deer that come through there and there's like various, you know, wildlife. Um, and then I had a groundhog one day. I didn't really think anything of it until I started finding holes all over my backyard. Oh man. Um, yeah, just like stepping in them. <laughs> the, the dog sticks his face like halfway in them thinking he's going to do anything about it. Uh, but yeah, and now I cannot, there's a little opening in the fence to my neighbor's house where I know he's getting in and in and out of. And, um, whenever I see him, the problem is he's in like the far back corner of my yard. I have a pretty big yard. So I let the dog out there and try to scare him off, but he can't catch him. And for some reason, this little guy just keeps coming back and I really don't want to kill it. I really don't want to do that. Welcome so to, I'm, welcome I'm trying to the, all these things. 
Welcome to home ownership. And I guess it, 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 while this is a nuisance and you've got some vermin, it's a lot better than mold, leaks, dying appliances. So those those things can be super expensive. Thankfully, they haven't happened to me, and I hope they don't happen to you. Yeah, I was uh, I was fortunate in my house. Uh, like the roof is only two years old, and the siding is all redone. The air conditioning is brand new. I lucked out. Yeah, good. Yeah, I've I've had the same luck as well. I know many people haven't, um, and it, it's been a wild thing uh, with the housing market. Like everything has been a little crazy and hairy during the pandemic. Um, we got to wrap up here. So, any stories you're you're working on? We should uh, look forward to big or small. Uh, this Sunday, I'll tell you about that one. How's that? Yeah. Um, as you may have seen, about a few weeks now, Jeep has a couple of new vehicles out. One of them is the new hybrid Wrangler, and I'm going to have kind of uh, an in-depth look at that new vehicle for uh, for this Sunday. Awesome. Um, Jay Skiba from The Blade, please don't complain about paying for content, especially when it is good content. You can do the workaround if you'd like and use the Blade News Slide app. Um, and remember, if you see Blade employees on the internet complaining about their employers, they're complaining about their employers who don't treat them all that great and don't pay them all that well and give them a shit ton of work. Um, but support the people who do the work here in our community. Hi there. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm perfect. I'm recording all this, so you can... Oh, gosh. Just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you, you are. We are allowed to curse on the podcast. Not that I would expect oh. expect expect such language from you. No, I'm a lady. <laughs> you are a lady. And uh, it's disappointing that I can't have you in here. We're still not allowed to have guests because, you know, the only reason we talk to you is for the dogs. I know. It's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine I mean, with it. You've done this job long enough to know that... <laughs> You're fine, but people like talk to you for the dogs. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, you got to make sure that I'm on your list or whatever, because I saw this in the Blade today, or I wouldn't have known anything about it, because, you know, Facebook and its its choosy algorithm, I didn't see any post on on the page. It didn't, it didn't come my way, and uh, oh, no. I love this thing. So make sure I'm on your email list or something. Okay, I will. <laughs> All right, so we don't have to take much time here. Snout about Saturday, 11 a.m., right? Uh, 10 a.m. Actually, 10 yes. Is this yeah. the first? Is this the first one that you've done since all this nonsense started happening? No, um, the, we've done a couple more before this. Um, okay. Yeah, but we're we're gonna try to have them about once a month until you know weather says no. Right. Um, just you know for something to do, get the dogs out. I know a lot of people are still you know working from home and. Uh, quarantining a little bit so I figured this is a good way because you can social distance you just gotta hang out with the dog so yeah, yeah. and they're, they'll be fine with the, they, they can't get the COVID or anything like that or well I think there's something in New York City but whatever they'll be yeah, fine, no, they'll be fine. <laughs> um, so the, the last two that you've done during all this have they been as popular as they were when they first got going where literally it was first come first serve it was like Black Friday for dogs it was Black Friday for dogs. Um, you know, because we're trying to social distance and we got a limit, we are doing um, appointment based now. So you like okay. schedule a time to come. Um, so, you know, I do miss the like lining up and the excitement and seeing everybody um, waiting patiently. But um, it's just as fun. The dogs have a great time. Everyone's so excited to take their, their snout and about partner out. Um, but yeah, we're just, you know, as with everything with COVID, we just had to change it up a little bit, but still super successful. So this is why I wanted to have you on, um, to get the full details, like the, yeah. the nitty gritty things like this. So are all the appointments taken up or is there, is there still space? There's still a couple uh, appointments left. Yep. I just looked earlier and they were, 
they were still open. Uh, not too many. Um, people have been waiting um, since our last one to sign up for this one. So awesome. Filled up pretty quick, but there's still a couple. Okay. What else is uh, what else do you guys have have going on over there? Yeah. So tomorrow we're having our next vaccine clinic as well. Um, well let me let me hop in there. So tomorrow that would be Thursday the twenty fourth, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. How, how does a vaccine cl- clinic work? Uh, so it's by appointment and actually all of those got filled up real quick, but we'll have another one next month. Um, okay. so it's for the public. So you can schedule yourself to come down with your pup. Um, and we'll, we're doing like low cost vaccines and microchipping stuff just to help people out. Um, you know, times are tough and the vet clinics are super busy and trying to catch up from, you know, when they were closed for COVID. So yeah. we thought this was a good way to kind of help out everybody. Awesome. Uh, what are adoptions like? What have they been like through all this? Have people been coming in going, I need, I need someone to be in the house with that, that's got four legs? Yes. Um, our adoptions are going great. Um, we're doing everything by appointment down here, but it hasn't stopped people from coming down, you know? Um, yeah, our dogs, we don't have very many adoptables right now. We have a little over 20. So yeah, it's been really good. Um, you know, obviously I'm biased, but all of our dogs right now are super great. So if anyone's looking, give us a call and come on down. Awesome. And people can go to uh, the website is uh, Lucas County Dogs, right? Yep, LucasCountyDogs.com, or you can check us out on Facebook, um, you know, as always. And we're actually having a little bit of an adoption special this month um, on some of our longer stays or dogs that haven't gotten much attention called My Turn. So it's like my turn to go home. Um, And so some select dogs have a $25 adoption fee. Um, And they're like our longer stays, like I said, are dogs that just haven't got much attention. So if you go on our website, there is an indicator um, as to who is part of that special. Awesome. I I did see that because I saw it from uh, Sam Holly. She sh- shared that a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Sam Sam's great friends of Lucas County Dogs. Awesome. Oh, well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they're that people that, that business has been good and people have been, you know, doing the wise thing and going. You know what? Now is a better time than ever to adopt a dog because I'm home all day to get it trained and whatever else is is needed. Yeah, absolutely. Now is as good a time as any, especially, you know, with people working at home, it gets really lonely. Um, you know, when I was stuck at home, I was really happy to have uh, my little foster pup with me. So, Awesome. Cassie from Lucas County, Canine Care and Control. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes. I told you this would be quick and painless. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Good luck with everything on Saturday. Oh, thank you. Bye, Cassie. Yep, bye. Hi, Morgan. Hi there. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. <laughs> I got... I got passed around today like I was like a, like I was a bad apple or something. I know, I know. We just kept all going back and forth. I know it was Lisa and then Abby, and we were just bouncing everywhere. We're like, all right, we got to make this happen. So, yeah. well, I'm glad you uh, you could take a couple of minutes, Morgan Karecki, right? Did I get that yes. right? Yes, that was perfect. So I have I'm I'm a, a bad humane uh, society supporter here. I had <laughs> not heard of Paw Villian before, and I'm I'm reading the article in the Blade today that this is your biggest fundraiser of the year. So I'm like, okay, that's when I reached out to Lisa. So biggest fundraiser of the year, and like everything else, it's uh, it's very virtual. So what's going on? Yes, so normally our Pavilion event, it's a big sit-down dinner, a huge fundraising event, um, and it's normally um, a really exciting big event with a lot of participants, but this year we have gone virtual. We've partnered with 13ABC, and we've kind of created a campaign of videos showcasing our mission, our story, and everything really going on at the Humane Society to raise awareness and also raise funds for our animals in kind of a different new way um got to raise like a hundred fifty thousand dollars is that the number that you guys are having having in mind for a goal we are crossing our fingers to hit a hundred and twenty thousand this okay. year 
And so we'll see what happens with everything that's going on with the campaign. But right now we're in a pretty good spot and we're excited to see, especially tomorrow is the main day of the fundraising event. We're excited to see what happens. So for anybody listening, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So that would be Thursday is the big day. Will it continue beyond that? Yes, so people can donate anytime throughout the end of September. We'll have our giving page open and available, and you'll also be able to access a lot of those live broadcasts from 13ABC, so you can go in and watch different videos about our animals, our story, our vet offices, all that fun stuff later on as well. Um, it's kind of like a, a boring question, but an important one. Where does all that money go towards? Like, let's give people an idea of, you know, how important this this is. So obviously, it goes to the Humane Society, but but some of the the nitty gritty details of how you guys use that money. Absolutely, not a boring question at all. <laughs> so the money that's raised through Pavilion and our other fundraising events go to really the daily operations here at the Humane Society. That's everything from helping our cruelty officers stay on the streets seven days a week responding to calls. That's funding our vet staff for any animals that are coming in maybe injured or abused. And then that's also helping us with our daily operations to find all of the animals in our care, their forever homes. So really it it goes everywhere. Every single cent goes directly to the animals. Awesome. Um, Where can people, if they're listening to this, where can they go find this video that you mentioned that uh, the 13ABC has worked on? Where, Where does it live on the internet for people to look at? Yes, so right now that video lives on our social media pages, our website at ToledoHumane.org, and then also with 13ABC, and then Thursday, all throughout the day from 5 a.m., honestly, all the way till 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, you'll be seeing live interviews with us, features with our different staff and our animals as well, you can tune in, and then... You'll see that on their website as well. Awesome. We'll look out for you. I'm glad that you get the blanket TV all day. It'll be a fun time. We like turning on the TV and seeing pets on there. Yes. You'll see a lot of fun stories, a lot of cute features, a lot of little sadder features as well from some of our cruelty cases, but ultimately all of them getting a happy ending. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen too many of these stories recently with the one woman who just uh, pled the charges down. There was another animal and we see them skinny and emaciated, but I'm glad that they do have some happy endings and at least when we see these our eyes or ears perk up and go this is why we've got to give and help out our local agencies we just had a uh, cassie on from from lc4 so oh yeah anything to help out our animals in need here and, and especially during all this where pet companionship has helped a lot of people through the last six months Exactly. We just launched a huge program with field trips and going around Toledo with our animals and seeing kind of the support of that, the support for our organization as a whole. It's been vital during these last few months. We've been so grateful. So you guys take the animals to different places or like people, like volunteers can come do that? Yeah, actually volunteers can come. We just launched our Tales Around Toledo program. People can sign up online, any members of the community, and you can take one of our adult shelter dogs on a trip around Toledo, whether that's to the Metro Park, to the store, just to your home for a day of relaxing. It's really cool. I learned a, a saying in, when I first started in radio a long time ago, that, and it was, uh, if you're stealing from me, you're stealing twice. 
So I applaud you for taking the snout and about idea, which was so successful, and putting your own tailspin on it. Exactly. We <laughs> took a lot of different um, advice and things like that from other national agencies. So it's a little bit different than snout and about, a little bit different than um, the organizations around here, since you can come basically every day, anytime, Good. and do it instead of just one specific day. Awesome. So. Good to know. Good to know. Just some, give me some general things um, uh, about adoptions right now feeds, specials, anything else that we can throw out there for people that really love pets and might be looking to adopt? Absolutely. We have a ton of dogs and cats looking for their forever homes. We're not currently open to the public for visitation right now, but we are operating through curbside adoptions. So people can go onto our website. It's just ToledoHumane.org and see all of our adoptable animals. If you're interested in one, want to learn more information, there's photos and videos and bios up there, but you can email our uh, or email at info at ToledoHumane.org. Set up an appointment and hopefully head home with a forever friend. Awesome. You're good at this to, to heck with Lisa and Abby from now on. <laughs> I do my best. I just <laughs> like to talk a lot. So as long as you'll have me, I'll be here. For sure. For sure. One of uh, we're, we're not allowed to have people here at the studio anymore, but I do greatly miss all my, uh, my pet friend visits from Cassie and my friend Laura at Humane Ohio and when Lisa would pop around. So, um, and Steve as well. Steve is your executive director, right? Yes, he's our CEO. Yeah, Steve would always be in over at Denny's show with a with a big dog or something. Oh so yeah, always. I, I miss the pet visits. So, but thanks for coming on and uh, thanks for giving me some info that I needed to know about for Paul Villian. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Good to chat with you, Morgan. Thanks so much. Yeah. Have a great day.